You are listening to the Piedmont Church Podcast. To learn more about Piedmont Church, including our gathering times in Macon, you can visit us online at piedmontchurch.net. You are who you are today because of the experiences that you've had up until this point. The things that you've been taught and the things that you've learned have all shaped your mind, and in many ways, those same experiences and those things that you've learned, they've shaped the way that you see the world. And that's what you call a worldview. So all of the things in your life have kind of shaped the way that you look at the world. You see the world through a very you lens. And oftentimes, people who are raised in very similar cultures and similar places, so if you were raised in the southeast and you were raised in the church, you'll probably have a very similar worldview to someone else who was raised in the southeast of the United States and who was also raised in the church. But your worldview may be very different from someone who was raised in another part of the world, who was raised with a very different set of religious beliefs. And as we dive into what it means to have a worldview and look at the world around us, what we'll find is that what you see as the right thing to do, maybe some social norms or social cues or even morals, may not always be the way your neighbor sees things. The way the person across the pond, so to speak, sees the world. And what we end up doing is we end up creating our own kind of truth so to speak, be very 2020, your truth, right? We create our own little truth, and we all have our own little truths, and then we take those little truths that we have, and sometimes we put them on God. See, throughout history, artists have created portraits of Jesus, and in each portrait, what the artist has done is they've given their own rendition of kind of what Jesus would look like. I have a picture of some of the most famous pictures of Jesus. You have, you know, kind of Anglo-Saxon European Jesus. You have Ethiopian Jesus. You have Asian Jesus. That there in the middle, in case you didn't recognize, that is like Eastern European kind of Russian Orthodox Jesus right there. And we all kind of paint this picture of God in our head. Now, sometimes we don't just stop at the physical characteristics of God. No, we we take it a step further and we say, look, God probably thinks like us and probably would do things like us. Meaning, if you were going to go from point A to point B, you would use logic and you would say, well, the fastest route from A to B is the one that makes the most sense. And that is most likely the same route that God would use. And I would push back and say you're probably wrong. I would say that God is not like you and that God is not like me and praise the Lord for it. That we, yes, have been created in the image of the triune God and so there are things in our life that certainly point back to Him But the way in which we see the world working is not necessarily the way in which He sees the world working. 
And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this evening, and we're going to look at the Christmas story. And what I hope that you take away from these just short moments together is that God is so much grander, so much better than you could have ever imagined. And I thank Him that He does not think like you, and that He does not think like me, but He does think about us. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his, uh, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So here you have Joseph and Mary. Now, they have been recently shown visions. One Mary, uh, angel of Gabriel came to Mary and said, hey, you're going to be with child. His name is going to be Jesus. He's going to be the Messiah. Joseph has a dream of this thing. And both of them have been given the clear picture that they will be parenting the Son of God. Whoa, right? Like huge honor that Joseph and Mary receive in that moment. But also, that's a ton of responsibility. Parents, amen to that. Can I, I mean, like, think about your kid, and then you have the Son of God, because, remember, right now you're right with your kid. You're going to be wrong if the Son of God is your kid, right? Like, hey, Jesus, don't do it. Well, you don't have to say that to Jesus, because Jesus is not going to mess up, right? And this is the pressure that Joseph and Mary are beginning to think about and feel. They've been given this message that, they will be the parents of the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of all. Not only have they been given this message, but the way in which Mary's going to get pregnant is going to be sus to everyone else in the community. That's suspect for those of you who don't know what that means. So people in the community are going to be going, hey, look, that's, that's Joseph and Mary right there. Remember, she got pregnant from the Holy Spirit, Right? And that's what everyone's going to be looking. They're going to have to deal with that pressure as well. And so we look at their story and we go, you know what, if we were going to write Joseph and Mary's story, you know what we should do? We should make it really easy on them. Because they've already got a difficult story. They're going to parent the Son of God, the Messiah. The way in which she gets pregnant is going to cause a lot of issues in their town. Gossip is going to be going like wildfire throughout their community. But that's not what God does, right? God sends third trimester pregnant Mary at least 90 miles. Now, I say at least because the journey that she was going to take, the shortest path was to go through Samaria, but most likely because of Jewish heritage and the, the kind of the battles between them and the Samaritans, she wouldn't go that way. So this, this, this journey that she was going to take was probably around 125, maybe 150 miles, going to take six to seven days that her and Joseph were going to travel. Some on an animal, some walking. 
But third trimester, super pregnant Mary, traveling a long distance. Your doctor tells you today in your third trimester, you shouldn't even go like an hour away from your doctor, but yet here is Mary 2,000 years ago before modern medicine. God says, hey, go to this place. And by the way, in case you're questioning that God said it, if you'll remember in Scripture, Caesar doesn't get to be Caesar unless God put him there. So the government, the leaders, everybody in their places is there because of God. And then we look at this story and we go, I would have never written this story like this. And then we look back to Jesus and we go, you know what? Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit wrote this before time even existed, before it even began. They knew exactly what was going to happen and praise God for it. So God is weaving this story. And they get to their location, right? This long journey, this massive distance, and what else happens? They ain't got nowhere to stay. I mean, Christmas vacation movie ain't got nothing on Joseph and Mary's story. Like, this is everything that could go wrong goes wrong in this moment. They show up after a long journey with nowhere to stay, and we still look at this story and we go, how is this conceivable? She gives birth to the Messiah. A couple of verses later in Luke, the shepherds hear of this birth. And what I think is so interesting about this whole Christmas story is in the middle of that chaotic story, in the middle of all of the things that you and I would go, couldn't God have made it just a little bit easier? There's purpose. The shepherds tell us in the Gospels, they sang a song, and they said that Jesus will bring peace to all. In the middle of your chaos, Jesus brings peace. See, when we look at this story, we go, wow, man, there's a lot of craziness. I don't know that I would have written it like that. Why would God have, and we can go back, and we can look at the prophecies. Well, this prophecy had, had to be accomplished because, you know, he had to be of the line of David, the Messiah does, and he also has to be born in Bethlehem because we see that in the book of Micah. And then we go to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55, verse 8, and he records the words of the Lord. And he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, we think that the fastest way from A to B is a straight point, and then we put that thought on God. And we go, man, God would think just like that. The, the fastest point from A to B is a straight path. And God looks back at us and says, nope. My path is the fastest and the best from A to B. And so here's my hope for you this Christmas season. No matter where you find yourself, no matter if it's in the middle of chaos or if it's in the middle of joyous times, that you will remember that God's path is the best path for you. 
See, what we do is we try to draw our own paths and we try to think about how we want things. And we go, God, would you give it to me this way? God, would you do it that way? Instead of releasing it and saying, God, I surrender my path to you. Give me the strength. Give me the boldness. Give me the character to walk the path that you have laid before me. That's what we see in Jesus. Is that he's calling us to leave everything behind us. And walk the path of following after him. So this Christmas season, I urge you, let it all go. The dreams of your flesh, push them aside. He'll give you better ones. He'll give you more complete ones. The desires of your heart are not as, are not as important as the desires of his. So submit them to the Lord and follow him with all that you have. That's what we see in Joseph and Mary. In the most difficult of situations, they didn't try to write their own story, make their own path. They said, we'll walk the hard path. And because of them, we have a great faith story. And we can see what God did through them and eventually what God did through his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm praying that over you this Christmas season, that you'll surrender your path and you'll walk his. No matter what difficult seasons come your way.